Good morning. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Bibb, and a special welcome to any guests or visitors joining us this day. Please know you're always welcome here at Trinity Lutheran Church. We gather with great joy on this fourth Sunday after Trinity as we, uh, we hear teaching from Jesus' Sermon on the Plain, as we find it in uh, Luke chapter 6 this day. And so I'll turn your attention then to the inside of the back cover of your bulletin where we have the summary of the readings for today that section labeled Focused on Christ. Be merciful even as your Father also is merciful. The old Adam in us wants to condemn and seek vengeance, but the Lord says, Vengeance is mine, I will repay. To condemn, to avenge yourself, is to put yourself in the place of God. It is to fail to trust that He is just. Ultimately, it is to disbelieve that Jesus suffered the full vengeance for all wrongs. Only Christ is merciful as the Father is merciful. He is the one who overcame all evil with the good of his cross, forgiving even his executioners. Jesus is our Joseph, who comforts us with words of pardon and reconciliation. He is the one who does not condemn, but gives life that runs over. Only through faith in Christ are we sons of the Father, being merciful, forgiving, doing good even to our enemies. For in Christ we know that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Our service this day is the Office of Matins. As it begins on page 219, we now sing the first hymn. The Old Testament reading for the fourth Sunday after Trinity is from Genesis chapter 50. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, It may be that Joseph will hate us and pay us back for all the evil that we did to him. So they sent a message to Joseph, saying, Your father gave this command before he died. Say to Joseph, Please forgive the transgression of your brothers and their sin, because they did evil to you. And now... Please forgive the transgression of the servants of the God of your father. Joseph wept when they spoke to him. His brothers also came and fell down before him and said, Behold, we are your servants. But Joseph said to them, Do not fear, for am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So do not fear. I will provide for you and your little ones. Thus he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. The epistle is from Romans chapter 12. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be conceited. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink, for by so doing you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God.
The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the sixth chapter. Jesus said, Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. He also told them a parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Brother, let me take out the speck that is in your eye, when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck that is in your brother's eye. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The sermon text this day is based on the gospel reading which you just heard read. Judge not, and you will not be judged. You see, the key to understanding what Jesus teaches with these words is actually the preceding verse. Be merciful even as your Father is merciful. God the Father is merciful to sinners. Now begs the question, how? Well, we see it right here. God the Father is merciful in that he gave his only begotten Son as the final sacrifice for all sin to save sinners like you and like me. He did this to save those who were his enemies. So perhaps the bigger question is, why? Why is God the Father merciful? And the answer is actually quite simple. It's who he is. You see, when you contemplate and meditate upon and rest in the mercy of the Father revealed in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, then and only then do you begin to understand what Jesus truly means when he says, Judge not, and you will not be judged. As you likely already know, the simple world that we live in, it loves these words of Jesus, judge not and you will not be judged. Perhaps more than any other words of Christ, these are ripped out of context, misunderstood, and consequently misused. Far too many people piously take these words of Jesus on their lips in order to shield themselves from judgment over their sin, while they, in the same breath, mercilessly cut down those around them with harsh, relentless judgment. Hypocrites. It's amazing how judgmental these words can sound when they are coming from the lips of someone trying to defend their own sin. Lord, have mercy upon us. It is an ugly thing. The gospel lesson today is meant to lead us to humble repentance, not arrogant legalism. In fact, Jesus means to free you from legalism with his words today, but we should pay careful attention. Notice that Jesus does not condemn your noticing and even speaking against another Christian's sin. After all, we are to speak the truth in love. Rather, he teaches us to approach an erring brother or sister in humility and in repentance, recognizing that we too are sinners in need of the Father's mercy. In fact, everything that we have is based upon the Father's mercy in Christ. We too are sinners who struggle against sin and wholly rely upon the Father's grace revealed in Christ Jesus and then given to us in his word, his absolution, and his holy supper. So then let's unpack what Jesus is teaching us 
in this gospel lesson today. We'll begin with the first thing he says. Be merciful, even as your father is merciful. Now, the word translated as merciful, like terminus, is it emphasizes the sympathy and the pity shown to those who are unfortunate and who are needy. In fact, the only other time this word is used in the New Testament is rather unexpectedly in the book of James, chapter 5, where we hear this. Behold, we consider those blessed who remained steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. This mercy is part and parcel of who God is. God the Father is merciful, and that mercy, it is seen in the crucifixion and resurrection of His Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, do you remember that old saying, like father, like son? Well, we see that with Jesus. On the cross, after Jesus had been falsely tried, mocked, spit upon, brutally flogged, and nailed to the tree, what did he say to those, or of those, rather, who crucified him? He prayed for them. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Isn't that amazing? You see, by grace, God has made us his adopted children through faith in Christ. This faith was given and bestowed by the Holy Spirit in the waters of holy baptism, that joining of his word to water. God washed you clean of your sin in baptism, claimed you as his own, and joined you to the death and resurrection of Jesus. And so now, think back to that saying, like father, like son. As children of the Heavenly Father, God would have you imitate his mercy. Your Heavenly Father wants you to be merciful to others as He has been merciful to you. Now, of course, we can't do that perfectly. But with that in mind, let's continue with Jesus' words. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Now, first, you should really note the passive nature of these verbs. Now, what I mean by that is be judged, be condemned, be forgiven, be given. God is the one who is the subject of all these verbs. He's the actor of the action. So then, hear it again with that emphasis included. Judge not, and you will not be judged by your Father. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned by your Father. Forgive, and you will be forgiven by your Father. You see, everything Jesus says here, it flows out of the previous verse about the Father's mercy. Therefore, all you do in life, your thinking, your speaking, your doing, your acting, it begins with the mercy that God has shown to you in Christ Jesus. You see, you are not the judge of men's souls. Your Heavenly Father is. Therefore, do not presume to sit in the judgment seat of God and be judge and executioner. In the same way, you are not authorized by God to condemn others to hell. Your Heavenly Father alone has that authority. Therefore, if you are merciless and unforgiving toward others, especially your brothers and sisters in Christ, after everything God has done for you in Jesus, well then you invite the judgment and condemnation of your Heavenly Father upon yourself, you who would presume to judge over them. You see, when Jesus says forgive, he is preaching repentance to us. But to this, he adds the promise, and you will be forgiven. Now, he does not say that when we forgive, we merit or we earn the forgiveness of sins somehow by the, the outward act. The Roman Catholics have a Latin phrase for this, ex opera operato, in the doing it is done. But no, he requires a new life, which certainly is necessary, and this is treated in great detail in the Apology to the Augsburg Confession. As children of the Heavenly Father, we strive with the help of God to be merciful, 
We pray the Holy Spirit to help us forgive, to help us be merciful, even as we daily repent and turn away from our sin, asking for forgiveness ourselves, as we do in the Lord's Prayer. In fact, Luther, he picks up on this when he teaches about the Lord's Prayer in the Large Catechism. He has this to say. He says, For God forgives freely and without condition, out of pure grace, because he has so promised as the gospel teaches. But God says this, as we forgive those who trespass against us in the Lord's Prayer. He says this in order that he may establish forgiveness as our confirmation and assurance, as a sign alongside of his promise which agrees with this prayer, as we find it here in Luke 6.37, Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Therefore, dear Christians, do not be quick to condemn what you hear or see from others. It just may be that the fault is actually with you. How so? Well, you may be misjudging the situation, because you are the one who doesn't see things correctly. In other words, be merciful. Well, continuing with the gospel lesson, Jesus says, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. You see, just as the Lord bids us to be generous with mercy, so also he teaches us to be generous with the money and possessions that we've been given by God. I mean, think about it. Everything we have is from God. Your life, your forgiveness and salvation your worldly wealth and your goods. Therefore, our Lord calls us to remember those who are truly in need, those who truly are destitute. As God has been generous to you, so be generous to others. St. Augustine, who is one of the great doctors and teachers of the Christian church, he said, keep the poor in mind. I say this to all of you. Give alms, my brothers and sisters, and you won't lose what you give. Trust God. You see, a heart that is merciful, as your Heavenly Father is merciful, is also generous, as your Heavenly Father is generous. O Lord, have mercy upon us, and help us to that end. So now we'll take up the rest of the gospel as a whole. Jesus, he also told them a parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take out the speck that is in your eye, when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will clearly see to take the speck that is in your brother's eye. Again, the foundation for understanding our Lord's teaching here is the mercy of God. If you who struggle with your own sins and shortcomings presume to judge and condemn to hell your brother or sister in Christ who also struggles against sin, it's like the blind leading the blind. Both will fall into the pit of judgment. Be merciful, saints of God. Forgive as you have been forgiven. With the help of the Holy Spirit, strive to put the best construction on things. I know it's difficult sometimes, trust me. The Christian life is not lived by judging and condemning others, all the while ignoring your own sins. As Jesus says, you hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck that is in your brother's eye. The Christian life is lived in repentant faith, ever clinging to and trusting the promises of God in Christ Jesus. And so repent and rejoice, children of God. Your Father in heaven has shown you the ultimate mercy, the ultimate grace. 
He has given to you his son who has taken the burden of your sins upon the beams of the cross such that not even a speck remains. Though Jesus was without sin, he was counted as the worst transgressor the world has ever seen. He took all the world's sin upon himself, was nailed to the cross, and he died for you. Christ Jesus died for you and for all sinners, suffering the wrath of the Father in order that you would know the mercy of your heavenly Father. The depths of the Father's love is seen in Christ crucified for you. The glory of God's promises fulfilled. This is seen in the resurrection and ascension of Christ. For where he is, there you too will be. Christ Jesus has overcome death and hell for you. He's conquered the cosmos for you. He lives. He reigns. He is ever before the Father praying for you, interceding for you. It is as we prayed earlier in the service. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this, in Christ, I will be confident. Even though there's nothing new under the sun, you've got to admit, we're living in some pretty strange times. The world is set against Christ and his church as well as his word and sacraments, and that is nothing new. But remember, Jesus teaches us a disciple is not above his teacher. As the world did to Jesus, so the world will do to you. Regardless of whether it's subtle or in your face, you will be opposed because you belong to Jesus. You are his. And this is the greatest of news. Christ the Lord has claimed you as his own. As we heard last week in the parables of the lost sheep and the lost coin, Jesus has found you. He has claimed you as his own. His spirit called you into the one true faith. He gathered you into his church and he enlightens you with his merciful blood-bought gifts. You are God's beloved and forgiven child. So then what do we do with all those enemies around us? Well, with the help of God, we do as Jesus did. We pray for them. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. We overcome evil with good. And again, we can only do that with the help and strength of the Holy Spirit. So, with that spirit, with the help of the spirit, we show mercy. We don't approve of their sin, not at all. In fact, we call it what it is. We call sin, sin. Whether it be a beam or a speck, we call sin what it is. Then we recognize our own. We repent, and then we rejoice that we have the Father's mercy. We have Jesus' blood and righteousness given to us in our baptism. We have the sweet promises of God in the gospel Therefore, let us live in that mercy of the Father. And when given the opportunity, and oh, we will have ample opportunities, may God help us to be merciful, even as our Father is merciful. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, watch and guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let us pray, O Lord. Grant that the course of this world may be so peaceably ordered by your governance that your church may joyfully serve you in all godly quietness. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For strong confidence in the Lord, our light and salvation, 
that he would work in us a worthy fear and constant trust in his mercy to fear nothing else in this passing world. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord For Matthew, our synod president, Lee, our district president, Glenn, our circuit visitor, and our pastor, that they may faithfully proclaim the exalted name and word of God to us, and that we may give, give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love and faithfulness toward us in Christ. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all baptized children of the Father, that we would be merciful as he is merciful, measuring others as he measures us in Christ, and not counting their sins against them, but forgiving as he has forgiven us. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For an increase in hope, that seeing creation subjected to futility all around us, we would nevertheless believe it groans in hope, and so look with expectation for the day when Christ will set us free from our bondage to decay. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For an increase in faith to believe that what others mean for evil against us, God uses for our good, and that he would lead us to forgive them for Christ's sake as he has forgiven us. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who have requested our prayers, Ron Lyon, Ron Gibson, Bob Rash, Chuck Lichty, Erlene Lakey, Lisa Rash, and Ted Phillips that the Lord who is our light and salvation would grant peace, comfort, and strengthening of faith. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those with whom we weep, that the Lord would hear our cries and comfort them in their time of sorrow with his spirit, and that he would sustain us all in the truth of his son's resurrection victory over death for all who believe in him. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For forgiveness and sustenance from Christ's body and blood as we walk in the midst of trouble in this broken world. And that the Lord would stretch out his hand against sin, death, and hell to deliver us from their wrath. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Lord God, Heavenly Father, you are merciful and through Christ have a promise that you will neither judge nor condemn us, but graciously forgive all our sins and abundantly provide for all our wants of body and soul. By your Spirit, establish in our hearts a confident faith in your mercy. Teach us in turn to be merciful to our neighbor, that we may not judge or condemn others, but willingly forgive and, and judging only ourselves, lead blessed lives in your fear. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Once again, good morning to you on this beautiful summer day that the Lord has given to us. Um, I do have a handful of announcements here as we continue with our morning. First of all, if you have any uh, grade school children among you, a tool that we've been trying out here the past couple of weeks now, you'll find it in the entryway there and on the way out uh, that lambs, I want to say lambs at pasture, but that's a, that's a, a resource provided by a different Lutheran group. Um, anyway, if anybody has, what's the name? I don't want to get that wrong. I got so many things in my head I can't keep it straight, but um, do pick one of those up and include some extra information about the readings for today and uh, questions to talk about regarding the readings and the sermon also uh, that we might continue to study what uh, Jesus teaches us in his word. Of course, Sunday school and Bible study immediately following the service. Uh, the elders will be meeting tomorrow at 5.30 p.m. for a meeting uh, and then following that new member class at 7. Note the time and date change and folks in the class do know that, by the way. Um, and the reason for moving things ahead to Monday is because Tuesday through Thursday, I'll be gone in Grand Island, Nebraska at the annual ACELC conference. 
this is a group to which we are attached whose sole concern is uh, that our doctrine and practice be united in, uh, in the scriptures and the Lutheran confessions as, as we have pledged to do so as a member congregation of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Look forward to some really solid teaching there. The whole theme is about uh, catechesis and synodical unity, so I'll uh, look forward to that. If you have any questions about it afterwards, please ask me. I'm sure I'll be full of notes and thoughts and things. Um, but then this Wednesday, our uh, workout class will be at 6 p.m. in the auditorium. Please note that next Sunday and the following, no, not Sunday, next Saturday, <laughs> the following Saturday, the 16th and the 23rd, we're having a church cleanup day. Uh, we need volunteers throughout the entire congregation. There's a variety of needs. Uh, please contact Patty Cheney if you need any extra information. The sign-up for that is down there on the glass case. Uh, today, also then, the, the next announcement is that at 3.30 p.m., at um, uh, St. Paul's and Slater, they're going to be celebrating the 30th anniversary of their ordination of uh, Reverend Snyder. So if you have any uh, desire to be there for that and give thanks to God and celebrate, that's at 3.30 3 p.m. with a reception following. And then also as noted there, it's time to start planning our fall festival, our Oktoberfest. And the sign-up sheet for that is also available down in the glass case. So if you're interested, please sign up now so that we, we can begin those preparations. I know I need to be doing my part soon and brewing those German lagers. Um, at any rate, uh, we also uh, give thanks to God. We have these altar flowers uh, that have been given this in memory of Frida Hans by Joe and Butch Kinchlow, so we're happy to have those and have them among us this day also. Uh, anything I may have missed? No? All right. Well, I saw a hand motion and that made me look up again. Nothing? Okay. All right. Well, God's peace be with you as you go in the Father's mercy, knowing that you are God's adopted, forgiven, beloved child uh, through faith in Christ Jesus. I'll greet you at the door. <laughs>